One night, a mother was trying to tuck her five-year-old daughter into bed. And there was a terrible, earth-shattering summer storm outside. You know about these storms because we've had them every single night since June. You know, the loud storms. On this particular night, the mom is trying to tuck her five-year-old daughter into bed. And the daughter is so scared. She's like, Mommy, I'm so afraid. Would you just sleep with me tonight? And the mom says, no, I cannot do that. There's nothing to be afraid of. Go to sleep. And the little girl says, you don't understand, Mommy. I am so scared. Would you please just sleep with me? And the mom very kindly but very firmly says, no. There's nothing to be afraid of. Go to bed. And the little girl says, please, please, would you just please sleep with me? Exasperated. The mom says, I cannot sleep with you tonight. And the little girl says, but why? And the mom says, because your dad needs me to sleep with him tonight. <laughs> and the little girl just shakes her head and says, that big chicken? You get it, because he's scared. Yeah, it's funny. We need a laugh track. <laughs> there are all sorts of reasons why children cannot go to bed. There's a monster under the bed, there's a weird noise in the room, or there's some strange random light outside. Or you need more water, or you forgot to go to the bathroom, or you can't find your blanket or your levy. I know all of those tricks and drills. But the truth is, whether we are children or teenagers or an adult, sometimes at night when we get ready to go to bed, we're all just a bunch of chickens. Because sometimes we worry. And sometimes we're fearful. And sometimes we're so scared about something that we're the ones saying, do not leave me. I'm afraid. Would you just please sleep with me? And even then, we don't feel better. Because deep down, when we put our head on that pillow, all of the conversations of the day, all of the stresses of the day, they settle in. And we become worried and anxious. And we begin to think, what did he mean when he said that? All of a sudden, the monsters get bigger, and the lights get weirder, and the noises get louder somehow when we get older. And we worry. Why did she say that? What did he mean by, why did I respond that way? What if my partner finds out? What if my partner leaves me? What if I never find a partner? What if my job, what if my business, what if my health? What if we have to repeat all of that all over again? What if we have to do it all over? So whether you're a child or a teenager or an adult, Picture this with me. We're all cuddled into bed. Our head is on the pillow. And we hear a soft whisper of someone saying this. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. 
Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourself that do not wear out or unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. You also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. As a mother consoles her child, as a friend consoles a friend, as a family consoles family, Jesus consoles very fearful disciples by saying, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, sell your possessions and wait for an unexpected hour. The words of do not be afraid are so important that we hear them eight separate times. And that's just in the gospel of Luke. That's not counting all the other gospels. When an angel appeared to Zechariah and said, you will have a baby, the angel said, do not be afraid. And when the angel appeared to Mary and said, you're about to have a child when you're not supposed to, the angel said, do not be afraid. And when the shepherds were keeping their flock by night, the angel said, do not be afraid. And when Simon Peter was in the boat with Jesus, Jesus said, hey, I need you to cast your nets and get some fish. And Simon Peter said, no, I can't. There is no fish. There are no fish. And this boat is sinking. And Jesus said, do not be afraid. There was a man named Yaris and his daughter was dying. And Jesus went into that house and he healed that daughter and said to the father, do not be afraid. Jesus was talking to very, very scared disciples about an important message that would happen to bodies and to their lives. And Jesus said, do you not know that every hair on your head is counted and your life is more valuable than that of a sparrow. Do not be afraid for it is my God's pleasure to give you the kingdom. I think it's obvious that Jesus did not live in 2021. Don't you? Because we got plenty to worry about. I mean, God really wouldn't say that right now, right? We have a lot of things to fear. I'm about ready to turn off all notifications on my phone. I know. I know. That can scare you. I love that. I won't know what's going on in the world. I totally get that. It is scary to think about me turning the notifications off on my phone, but you know, I know. That's how my children feel. It's scary because my phone tells me all this stuff and it tells me things that I worry about. I worry about the Braves players when they get hurt. I start to worry about my football team when they tell me stuff's happening at trainings. 
I start to worry when I hear about another horrible thing that happened in somebody's neighborhood. And then I start to worry about divisions that I hear about in churches. Can you believe it? And I start to worry about these horrible acts of hatred and fear that I hear about in communities and between friends and between family members. There's a lot to fear. And those are just normal things that I get. There are bigger things I know that you know of that you're afraid of. Do not fear. Sell your possessions and wait for an unexpected hour. Whenever I think about summer storms, I always think about my brother. Growing up, my brother was the one that was always paying attention to the weather. So as soon as there was a storm cloud in the sky, he would run and turn on the television. Now, of course, our television was not like your television. Ours was one of those big console things. So my mom always had like some big plant and books and all these decorations because it was like a huge table, right? It was like this big console TV. And so my brother, he would sit in front of the television and he would listen to every word the meteorologist would say. And he would track the storm. And sometimes my brother would take a piece of paper and pencil and he would write down the checklist that the meteorologist would give him. Here are the things you need to be ready for the storm. And so my brother would run around the house and he would collect all those things. He'd grab a flashlight and he'd grab snacks and he'd grab a book and he'd grab clothes. Who knows really what was in that little duffel bag of his. But he would pack a bag during storms. And when he went to bed, he would put that little duffel bag right there by the head of his bed so that at any given hour, at any given moment, he could run and evacuate. (laughs) He was dressed. He was ready for action. His lamps were lit. Do not be afraid. Sell your possessions and be ready in an unexpected hour. That's what we do when we're afraid. We start to hoard things. We cram all of our stuff in a bag so that it's there whenever we need it just for ourselves. Out of fear, we begin to stuff stuff away. There was a family. They had three little girls, three. Every two years, another little girl arrived. And their house had to be pretty organized as a result. And so their house was (laughs) color-coded. Natalie was pink, Emily was orange, and the youngest, Melanie, was purple. And so when you walked into their house, you just saw shades of pink and orange and purple everywhere. Their backpacks were color-coded. The laundry baskets were color-coded. Their bedrooms were color-coded. Everything was color-coded to be organized. But the funniest part of all, I remember, is when you walked into their bathroom, all three girls had to share a bathroom. That's scary, right? And, of course, across the vanity, there was just all these things in pink, all of the same things in orange, and all of the same things in purple. Three brushes, three toothbrushes, everything. But despite the color-coded system, the girls would just share everything. It was like one big rainbow explosion. There was just stuff everywhere for these girls. 
And the youngest, Melanie, she was tired of it. She was tired of people using her stuff. She wanted her things where she put them when she needed them. So one day, she went up to her dad. She said, Dad, I've been saving my allowance. I need you to take me to a hardware store. The dad said, what in the world do you need at a hardware store? Guess what she bought that day? A safe. She bought a safe. She went into her bathroom and she put the safe on the counter of the bathroom. She opened it and she stuck all of her purple stuff in it and shut the door. The next day, when all three girls woke up to share that bathroom and get ready, Melanie walked over to her safe, did her combination and got her stuff at the amazement of her sister's. She looked up in that mirror and saw those girls staring at her with the eyes wide open and their mouths like, what? Melanie looked at him and she said, I told you I wasn't going to share. I worry that sometimes we don't want to share anymore. And that whether we know it or not, we begin to stuff things away. I'm not talking about material possessions. I'm talking about something much more important than that. It's our emotional possessions. I worry that we're starting to hoard. I worry that we're starting to protect and guard ourselves by pushing all of those emotional possessions right into a safe. And because of the way we've been treated, we're going to shove that kindness away. And because of the way that we've been judged, we're going to shove that compassion away. And because of the way that we have all these insecurities, we're just going to keep pushing the love further and further in. And because we have forgotten how to be in community together, and because we have wanted to be right, or because we want everybody to say and do and think and behave and believe the way we want them to think and do and believe and behave, we have crammed all of the empathy all the way in and shut the door. Do not be afraid. Sell your possessions and be ready for the unexpected hour. Poor little Melanie. She caught her sisters trying to figure out her combination. <laughs> and so because she's the youngest and felt like she was the wisest and the smartest, she came up with a plan. Little Melanie decided every single week to change the combination on the safe. And she would wake up five minutes before everybody else so that she could use the combination and open it up so that the sisters never could even pretend to look. You probably know what happens next. One Monday morning, she was getting ready to go to school and she tried her combination and it didn't open. She tried another combination, it didn't open. She tried another and another and another and guess what? This sweet little child forgot her combination. And as soon as she looked up in the mirror, guess who was watching? 
her two sisters. And they looked at her and said, don't worry, we have everything you need. Don't be afraid, sell your possessions and be expected, be ready at an unexpected hour. Zachariah, Mary, the shepherds, Yarius and Simon Peter, and all of the disciples. There was a time in their lives when we, they all had to sell the possession of ego, sell the possession of pride, sell the possession of vocation, and sell the possession of being right. And what happened? They became a part of a miracle. I have no idea what your fear is. I don't know what you're worried about. I don't know what you're hiding. But I know that we are all to hear the same words. And I know that we have a choice to make. So that when we put our head on the pillow, we can hear that whisper. And when we wake up, we can see God reflecting back at us. So that we may be part of a miracle. And so, yes, do not be afraid. Sell your possessions because you better be ready. This week, today, decide to live on the brink of a blessing. Pray with me. Holy and gracious Lord, we know that through the Spirit you already are working inside of us. You already know our thoughts, you already know our worries, and we give them to you. So may you take all of our weaknesses and may you make them strong. May you change them so that they work for good. Lord, may you work within our families. May you work within our friends. May you work within every relationship we are a part of so that we may hear more of your words and your messages and let go of our anxieties, whatever angst we might be living in. Pour your spirit on it. And may we see the real gift of your hand. And may we be humble. May we be humble enough to see you working in a situation so that what feels like the brink of destruction is the brink of something incredible. Lord, there are so many people in hospitals, many people in our own church community right now that are in hospitals. And some of those families are celebrating new births of little girls and little boys. And we say thank you and we celebrate the life of every one of them. And we ask that every child being born know that the grace of you and your love is with them. But Lord, we know there are also people in the hospitals who are hurting and there are family members who are worried. 
And there are different policies and protocols, not even allowing all of those who love them in the room. And so however you can do it, Lord, may you send your agents of help and comfort and peace to be with the family members that can't be there. But may you be with the patients in the room too. And may you connect them through the power of your spirit. There are so many, Lord, who are looking for someone to love. There are so many people who are lonely. There's so many people who've isolated and distanced themselves so much that they need help being pulled back out. And there's so many people who are so ready to jump in the streets and hold hands for the next exciting thing. Be with all of us in every extreme and wherever we may be. And may you use it to unite us together. Help us be the friend. Help us be the mother. Help us be the father. Help us be the partner that we are called to be. Amen. Amen.